Welcome, one and all, to the Game Cola Podcast. This is podcast number 84. With me today, I have Joseph Martin and Matt Jonas. Everybody introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Joseph Martin. Um, I write papers on physics, East Asia history, and video game music. But sometimes I also write for Game Cola. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt. I did some writing once a long time ago. Certainly didn't post any articles this year about Xenoverse or anything. I also make YouTube videos or something. Sometimes. Or something. Actually, uh, so wait, did you actually write a paper about video game music? I haven't written it yet. I'm going to. Probably. Because uh, the thing is, is that, you know, editor emeritus Paul Franzen... Uh, his wife has a PhD, and if I'm not mistaken, she did her thesis on video game music. If I'm not mistaken, the music of Nier, which is, you know, like the best game ever made. Right. I Trust me, I would much rather her teach this class than the current professor. <laughs> yeah, well, is, the, is the class on video game music? Or? It is. It really? is. It is. Whoa. What college are you going to? It's just a regular. It's not. It's just a re- This is like the only class like this. Um, I could just. I could just imagine it. Lecture one, Super Mario Brothers. Do 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 do. It's a seminar. It's a seminar. So we only meet once a week, and the presentations are given by the students mostly. Though the professor very much wants it to be a lecture. <laughs> Because, like, the students are giving presentations, and he'll have, like, these interjections, and his interjections will last, like, 15 minutes, and we're supposed to be giving, like, 20-minute presentations. Objection! Tetris has the best music! It's like, well, it's Dr. Mario. He'll talk about, like, how we went over time. It's like, yes, because you inserted your own 15-minute digression. (laughs) So... Um, right now, I have to give what my presentation. I have to give a presentation on the paper, sort of like on the topic of the paper. Yeah. And so it's like it's about um, civilization and like the music that they chose for it, because like um, the game civilization. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not just in general. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the music that they chose for they general chose for civilization. It. Because, I mean, the music they picked for the original Civilization, it was a bit left field. You had some uh, Pet Shop Boys in there. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, well, right. was I, am I playing the same game? <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Sid. So we're talking about, like, I'm talking about, like, the third and fourth ones more specifically. Oh, right. Uh, Ga- uh, Gandhi being, like, really mean and uh, <laughs> yeah. nuke thirsty. Yeah? <laughs> Are we talking is about that, the same is that actually in the programming? Yes, I, I can explain it briefly. Um, whenever um, you like take up, uh, I think it's like a nu- nuclear something or other. Um, it takes ten points off your um, your like eagerness for war, and because Gandhi's eagerness for war is zero, you take ten off. It becomes two hundred and forty-five, thanks to the way programming works. So he instantly becomes like really thirsty for nuclear war. <laughs> So wait, 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 is this in all the games? I'm pretty sure they kept it in as a, as a, as a regular joke. I've definitely seen screenshots from Civ Five, where Gandhi's still like, like really hungry for nuclear war. So wait, when you, when you take, I'm not, I'm, I'm still not clear. So when you take, why do you remove 10 points for nuclear stuff? 
Because it's like you're less likely to start a war if you've got nukes on you. It's sort of like a deterrent. Oh, I see. And so like, uh, it takes uh, 10 nukes. from 0, which um, ah. because, because it's stored as a byte, it becomes like 245. <laughs> so that wasn't, that wasn't intentional at first. It wasn't intentional, but they okay. loved it and they kept it in. Yeah. I'm sure I mentioned it in um, a favorite uh, real-life... Um, oh, yeah, that's people, what it was. Um, ...in a Game Color article. That's where oh. I saw that. Is, uh, there was a picture of him being like, yes, those fools will see my plan now, or something. <laughs> yes, I, I remember providing that, that screenshot. I can't remember where I got it off, probably Google, but um, I remember going, yes, that is the screenshot that sums it up. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to have to check it now. I'm going to search uh, game, GameCola.net for Gandhi. I'm just going to go through the archives of Q&A Cola. Sorry, we couldn't find any results for Gandhi. Oh, we're going to have to tag it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, oh, well, how did you spell Gandhi? Or how is Gandhi even spelled? G-A-N-D-H-I? G-A-N-D-H-I. Oh, now it has. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Now is the time for my master plan to commence. It's time for you to die like the rest of these fools. You'll pay for this in time, or very well. <laughs> Two very good responses to Lord oh, Gandhi of India. I guess it's actually uh, the tag is misspelled. Or oh, uh, I misspelled the um, the image. No, because um, it says his name in the image. Yeah, and um, it's spelled G-A-N-D-H-I, whereas but... I'd spelt it in the image file as G-H-A-N-D-I. This is really riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to go in and change site maintenance. No, you don't. Podcast takes priority. Like, you can forget to change it later. I've lost <laughs> so many hours of my life. Like, okay, because the thing is, is that later tonight I'm going to go in and I have to log in as the administrator and remove the Gandhi tag. But the thing <laughs> is, is that well, whenever I have to do something like that, I then end up finding out that like, oh, wait, weird. Gandhi is actually used in two other articles. So then I go to those articles <laughs> and then I find like, oh wait, somebody, you know, said like PC game instead of PC games. <laughs> so then I have to go and I have to remove that tag, but of course, PC game is used in 28 articles, which I then have to individually go and remove it from and then I have to delete it and in each of those 28, there's one other thing I just keep adding <laughs> to my list. Like <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> I've lost so many hours in my life. I'm sorry, Jerry. It happens. Just uh, whenever you're going to add a tag to an article, see if it exists first. I do, and I always check. I always, I always double check the style guide yes, on tagging you. stuff. Thank you. Because I know I'm gonna mess it up. Why am I being advertised? Um, hair transplant surgery on the side of Game Cola. Wait, what? Where? I'm. I'm. It will be uh, advertising, um, sort of attributed to you oh, and your oh, browsing. Oh. Yeah. I thought uh, you were being advertised as hair <laughs> transplant surgery. I was like, oh. <laughs> the, the the days of Christian Porter and I making up <laughs> fake adverts to fight wars with each other are long gone. <laughs> we used to do that on the side of Game Cola back How? when, oh, with back the project, when we had the uh, project yeah, wonderful. The, the bid for um, 
we we'd always take advantage of the free ads, and it would be like um, he he had made he'd made a joke about me, like why would you read the articles of this person who drowns puppies and all this stuff? And then I posted a, a picture of him from Facebook where he was dressed up as Mister T, and I flashed the words "I pity the fool." And when you click it, it goes to my articles. <laughs> we did that for a while. We were back and forth fighting each other with with adverts. Wow, good yes, times. We uh, sadly no longer have the project wonderful ads. Mm. They were so much fun. <laughs> if we're gonna go digging back into game cola history, we could also remember the uh, the chat. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that that thing never really took off, did it? We had fun. Yeah, there it. was like yeah, there was like three or four people who went regularly and that was it. And then um I think that was before I was was that before I was on staff? I think it was I, actually. Yeah. Cuz I think I think it was like right after cuz it was right after YouTube changed um like its format like significantly like the last really big one where like um channel comments like just disappeared. Oh. Because there were a couple channel comment pages that I basically treated like forums, and then those all disappeared. Those basically disappeared because they were just locked behind so many things, and it was just a pain yeah. to get to them. And so I think Game Cola start you plugged in that chat uh, shortly after that, and so that's sort of where I went <laughs> for a while. And then um, I'm pretty sure, like I don't think it lasted more than a few months, did it? I don't the remember. Chat, the chat was around for a while. Maybe it was yeah. longer than I thought. It, it, uh, might have, it might have been used significantly for a couple months, but I think you left it up there for a while. Because hmm. it wasn't really hurting anything. Just yeah. After a while, it just sort of became irrelevant. and so. Well, like, uh, we kept getting, and I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Day, is that he would come in and go, Brap! And, like... <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And people just kind of got annoyed with that. Well, because didn't it also say, it would say, like, when, and you'd go there, and it's, like, two days ago, brap. And like Yeah, and so, well, ago. and that, yeah, as people used it less and less, all that you saw is, like, you know, 30 hours ago, brap, you know, two days ago, brap, three <laughs> days ago, brap. <laughs> like, it's just a <laughs> But, uh... Yes, the Game Cola. And there used to be, once upon a time, a forum. A Game Cola forum? Oh, yeah, I this was on the old site. I think I posted in that twice. I used to, like, I tried to post regularly to sort of, like, try to build up activity and be like, maybe if I post, other people come and post. And uh, Kay was coming and posting occasionally, but it was just, like, the two of us. <laughs> sometimes posting I, that was definitely before my time in terms of game cola yeah well this would have been like pre-2009 right or and yeah I hopped just, on, I hopped just on, before i joined i hopped on after the 10th anniversary podcast oh uh, yeah well, i'd been with um game cola for about two years by that point maybe three the uh we just had game cola's 13th birthday recently mm-hmm. Which means it's very easy for me to keep track of at least how long I've known about, like, Game Cola. Because <laughs> every time we have an anniversary, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's been three years. Yeah. My takeoversary. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I kept I kept meaning to make a, a joke version of that that would be the tacoversary. 
That is good. Yeah. Is it? Is it awesome? What do you guys do? You have something against tacos, Matt? Uh, not especially. You, to the great thing about them is you can buy them to co. I I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. Do they have tacos in Britain? Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're not sure concerns me. Like, I think they, they can't possibly not. Like, how would you not have tacos? Like, someone's got to be like, I want meat in a crunchy shell. Put a little cheese in it. Put a little sauce in it. Put a little vegetables in it. That sounds good. I think I'll eat that once in a while. I think there was a taco shop uh, locally once, but um, they they disappeared. Like they were called like Tacos Locos or something. <laughs> I tell you, that's the one thing I don't miss here in the UK is we. I I don't think there's ever been a Taco Bell over here, and <laughs> I think that's because there's no real demand for tacos. Why not? Who doesn't want to eat a taco? Who does want to eat a taco? <laughs> Everyone. Actually, when I went to Japan, I remember I searched and searched, but they don't have Taco Bell over there, apparently. Like, I think there's, like, one, and it's on a U.S. Navy base. <laughs> and it's, like, the only one in Japan. <laughs> Well, Taco Bell isn't a very Japanese thing, is it? They, they'd much rather eat McDonald's for some strange reason. Sadly. <laughs> I did uh, I did have the Ebby Burger, the uh, the shrimp, shrimp burger. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, from what I've heard, in other countries, McDonald's is not quite as, like, gross as it is here. No, I mean... Not all, all other countries, but... Like, like there have been, I've been to some fancy McDonald's in, say, like, France I once went to, and they had, like, like, it wasn't, like, a high-class restaurant or anything, but it was, yeah, like, it's not quite it what was, it is like, this States. is, this is, like, way more, like, cleaned and, like, taken care of than a yeah. McDonald's that, any McDonald's that I've been to in America. Yeah. Granted, I haven't been to that many McDonald's, <laughs> but, I mean, enough to get a general sense, I would think. I've been to about four, I think, McDonald's ever. <laughs> that's not four that... times, that's four places. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to ask, is, like, is that because, you know, you just stay in the same area? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, no, McDonald's isn't a thing that really appeals to me. If if someone said, um, oh, there's a new KFC opening up, I'd be like, where? <laughs> Tell me. Well, I don't, I don't think there are that many people who are like, I want to go get McDonald's. They're like, I want to get some fast food. Oh, there's McDonald's and not really anything yeah. else. So, like, I think it's like a lot of the time McDonald's just feels like everyone's fallback. Like there's yeah. some, there's always something that someone will eat at McDonald's, even if they're not happy about it. Yeah. I don't think there's, there's not a lot where like people are like, we need to go to McDonald's. Yeah. There's nothing at McDonald's I want, but when I get there, it's like, Oh, I can have a salad. A salad won't disagree with me. And, like, usually, like, even if somebody, like, doesn't want to go there, they can at least justify, like, the dollar menu, mm-hmm. you know? Just, like, I can afford a dollar, I don't care. Tell you, all, all, that, all that dollar stuff, or as it is over here, the 99p saver menu. Um, <laughs> it's 
Oh, it's horrible stuff. And it's so small. It's just... What, what are you expecting, really? But at the same time, no. Horrible. <laughs> Shut up. Do not want. <laughs> Pretty much. To bring things back around to video games... Yes. <laughs> um, I do remember McDonald's used to, and I don't think they do... I don't know if they do anymore, because I haven't gotten a kid's meal in, like, years for understandable reasons. Um, but they used to hand out, like, they used to give out in the toys, like, those little LCD, like, basically tiny Game & Watches. Oh, um, where is it? I have like, two of the Sonic the Hedgehog ones around here. <laughs> but they were never they were never stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog that McDonald's gave out. At least that whenever. Um, they yeah, were they all... were. <laughs> well, I said, that's why I said at least whenever I got them. Because <laughs> well, like, they were all they released in the early two thousands for Sonic. Maybe, but I don't think I don't think I got any of those. They were all like generic sport game, like generic <laughs> hockey penalty shootout. <laughs> you know that makes sense because it was generic Sonic sports game. It was like shadows, basketball, and that sort of thing. <laughs> it was a shadow one. I thought. Oh wait, okay. When did Shadow become? Or Shads, as he likes to be called. <laughs> Don't you bring that <laughs> into my house, Jenny. Now, it's interesting you should mention McDonald's in relation to video games. Because if I can reach it and not, like, uh, die, um, I have something that I want to talk about. Do you have MC Kids? No, I don't have any of the good McDonald's games. <laughs> That's a lie. I do own Mick and Mac Global Gladiators, which is good. No, I have, I have here my giant... Shadow became a thing. My giant metal box of Japanese imports. Now, where is it? What am I looking for? I um, don't know. The one with McDonald's on the spine. That's the giveaway. Okay, in Japan, uh, Sony released a demo disc containing a demo of an Ape Escape game and Parappa the Rapper 2 with textures and gameplay elements replaced to be McDonald's related. <laughs> and they called it the McDonald's Happy Disc. And I'm really looking forward to an excuse to play this. <laughs> I bought an entire job lot of four games for this one game for a demo disc. I mean, were they ever actually games? Or was oh, it yes. just... Um, the first demo was of Pipusaro 2001, which was released in Japan only. That's uh, uh, that's an Ape Escape spin-off. And then well, the other I mean, demo... Did, did the McDonald's games ever actually become full games? Uh, no, these were just stages from uh, these particular games, but with McDonald's elements. So weird. For example, textures in the background being McDonald's related. Yeah. It also had a video um, on the disc, which I haven't checked out yet, where um, they had mascots, like people dressed up as the Apescape Monkey and as Parappa, um, dancing around Japan promoting McDonald's food. Japan's weird. I love them for it, though. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, wait, were you were you going to talk about things, or am I free to... No, I just wanted to raise that up, because it's, it's such a cool little thing. J- Japan loves McDonald's. Yeah, like uh, Donald McDonald... Donaldo son. There was like a whole meme based off um, the Japanese Ronald McDonald where he fell off a bench and his um, yell was like, and, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they used it as an instrument in 
covers yes. uh, famous tunes. Yes, no, I definitely know, uh, you know, Knight of Ronald and all that. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Knight of Donald. Um, run, run, run. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, he's talking about how his foot is, like, uh, about four burgers in length. And, uh, <laughs> like, and he's doing the, like, posing in front of the mirror, and he's like, Koreka, Koreka, Koreka. Yeah, like I've I've definitely I, I'm familiar with the uh, <laughs> McDonald's remixes, but uh, is this, so wait, his name is Donald McDonald. Yeah, he's Donaldo's son. Yeah, Donald McDonald in Japan, and um, there were quite a lot of um, again. Japan seems to have this weird love of McDonald's. There was a bunch of Japan only McDonald games like uh, Donaldland on the NES. Well, it would have been Famicom. Yeah, hold on. Okay, here's the thing: is that I stumbled across something of beauty like a few days ago because okay okay uh matt did you ever own mario paint um i think i don't own that one i have a mouse but i don't have mario paint what did you discover in mario paint okay well it's not so much a discovery per se, but I remember like we got Mario Paint for Christmas and like we were very excited. We definitely got like a huge amount of use out of this game. Okay, I'm just looking forward to uh, whether or not it's going to be what I think you're going to talk about. Carry on. Well, okay, the thing is is that we would always make stupid movies because they have the little animation thing. Mm-hmm. But you only get you only get 9 frames at most and like the nine frames are tiny or you can have like four very large frames or whatever um and like that always disappointed me i was like man you know i wish i could make something you know grander than just these nine frames and apparently i found i found this on youtube is somebody in japan recorded their little videos one at a time on the vhs and made a full like, five-minute little movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it is yeah, a thing of beauty. Really. Like, using the music to have the dog bark and, like, the phone ring. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll let you guys watch this, and I can tell you what's going on if you have questions. Like, I'm curious if you'll ever form a partnership with me um, with some games on my channel that are quite full of Japanese because I don't know the first thing about reading it. I know what Sabu and Load are. I've played enough games to know that. Yeah, Sabu and Lodo. I, I, I have no idea what's happening. Okay, well, basically what happens at the beginning is that uh, he works at a ramen shop, and he gets oh, an order. Oh, look That's amazing. He gets, he gets an order from India. And so he just starts heading out from uh, to go to India. He goes through Shinjuku, he goes, um, hold on, I'm watching it, like, as this goes. He's yeah, and then he's in Okinawa. Place with the Sony. Yeah, that's Shinjuku. Then with the people dancing on the beach is Okinawa. Okay. And then he goes through the ocean. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, there he is. With the oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so he, he's going to the ocean. Then he goes, uh, somehow he's in America, New York. There's Superman flying around. <laughs> he took a he took Street the long way. He took the ocean. How yeah, did he take and, the ocean from Japan to New York? That's a good point. <laughs> but now he's in the African savanna. At least that makes sense somewhat. At least in the kind order. 
No, he's still did taking the drawing the quality get yeah. worse? <laughs> and now he's in China. Okay, now he's got. Now he's overshot. Which like is comical because it says chicken in Japanese on the sign back there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he's like, "Wait a second, it's taken me more than thirty minutes." Which, like, <laughs> now he's getting like a call uh, from his boss or whatever, saying like he needs to go to India, and he's just like trying to find his way. He doesn't know where he is. There's some woman eating ramen. Yeah. And he's like going around, going around, and now he's talking to this guy. What is this guy saying? Uh, well, he's just like, hey, um, excuse me, do you know where India is? It's and now for some reason. Earrings. And this part I don't understand. Whoa, is it's he gets, real. Yeah. I, I really. So then he gets punched to India. Oh. <laughs> yes, the. Uh, okay. <laughs> I like lands. the eye. And he's like, oh no, where am I? Wait a second, this person. And now he's talking to Delsim. <laughs> so of course he's like, oh, I'm so surprised. Apparently I'm finally in India. What, what, what happened? With the, what's the superhero? What's the I don't know why superhero? Superman is back there. There's a man fighting an elephant as well. No, <laughs> or is that elephant eating a human being? And now he's like, okay, like the person who ordered it is named Ababa. And so he's like, well, now I need to go to What's Ababa's. Like, why are people getting beaten up? I don't know what is going on. And then on there was the Mario that just played. Well, okay, he's you don't using, know, but these... He's using the Mario theme. Oh my gosh, that guy is well, going okay. to town. <laughs> you, you don't know, but that's like one of the default songs that comes on Mario Paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now he's going... He... Yeah, decided to use that. Man, <laughs> that guy is just going so to now... town. So now he's found uh, a Baba. That's a very large he's, speech bubble for something. Pokemon? For... I don't know. Like, now he's playing Street Fighter 2, apparently. Like, this would have been before Pokemon. All right. So I don't... Might um... be King of Fighters, then. It's definitely oh, a guy with a baseball cap. Yeah, that does look like the guy. But, like, okay, so now... Um, what's his name? Like, a is complaining that it took him three days to get his ramen. So... In the next frame, he's like, that means that it's free because it took more than 30 minutes. <laughs> so now the guy just spent all this time and the guy's just standing there laughing. This is such absurd logic. And then it explodes. Did he explode his house by laughing? I don't know. It's not really... That, that ramen was uh, so explosive. Like that part really doesn't make any sense. I don't know. And now there's a snake villain, and I guess that's his foot twitching. Yeah. His foot also looks incredibly broken. <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, hello. Yes, the, that was the end. Hold on. Oh, okay, that's... No, wait. So what is... Is this just like the thanks for watching sort of thing? Well, yeah, there's stuff at the end, but I'm trying to figure out what this Chinese-looking guy is saying. <laughs> like, also, I'm pretty sure... Okay, when he's going through, like, Shinjuku and stuff, I'm pretty sure that the song that's playing is a, like, Dragon Ball... Not from the show, but, like, from their music albums or whatever. I don't know. Like, I've, I'm just thoroughly entertained by this stupid thing. Like, the concept that this child... Like, he doesn't give a... A year, but if it was around the time that Street Fighter 2 came out, that would be like 1991, 92. 
Um, <laughs> oh, oh, well, when did, um, I should know, was it night? When did Mario Paint come out? Yeah, uh, 92. So yeah, it would have had to have been 92 that he made this. And, I don't know, it's just like, I wish I had had that idea to record it onto VHS and make movies, because I totally would have. And I would have loved to go back and watch movies that I made, you know, now. Does Mario Paint, like, the SNES one, does it save your stuff? Yeah, but you have, like, a limited amount of things that you can save. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, if you save a movie, that's your movie. And then if you want to make a new one, you have to erase the one that you had. Right. I think there might be, like, three slots or something for save stuff. But Wow. <laughs> and to think back in the day, that would have been mind-blowing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it took it took forever to load. Yeah, no computer is going to need more than 16 KB of RAM, said uh, Bill Gates once <laughs> in a book. I've heard that. But uh, so, yes, basically, uh, I don't know, I guess seeing the potential that Mario Paint had and realizing that I didn't maximize it just disappoints me in the end. I would have loved to have had that idea. Talking about like the the saving space thing, like you're talking about, no, nothing's gonna need you know more than this amount of RAM and this amount of memory. And like right now, I'm holding like an SD card that's 64 gigabytes. Yeah. <laughs> and it has a plastic covering around it because the actual SD card is too small to fit in the computer. <laughs> Oh, is it like a micro SD? It's a micro SD, and so it oh. has a big piece of big piece of plastic with some connectors on it, so that yeah. it will actually fit in my computer. Like it's not this big because it needs the space. It's just this big so that it'll fit in the slot. Yeah, it's like an actual SD card this big could be like <laughs> I don't even know. Like yeah. I don't even know. Like uh, is it a terabyte? I don't know. What. <laughs> It's it's come to the point where you can actually swallow your entire life story <laughs> by accident because they're they're so small you could just like uh, you could swallow valuable important information. It's it's great. It's a great idea for spies. <laughs> so I, I'll just I'll just uh, eat this now and I'll uh, I'll cough it back up later when I need it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I don't digest it. There's definitely 128 um, gigabyte um, micro SDs because I've seen those. Yeah, I've seen a. I'm looking at this like a regular. I think it's a regular sized one, um, and it's 512 gigabytes. It's also like wow. 500 dollars. It's five. It's, <laughs> it's really expensive. Um, and you've got like yeah, you've got uh, 128, 256 um, for about 100 dollars. That's a lot. Uh, it looks like it looks like 512 gigabytes is the current like record for a, at least commercially sold stuff for SD cards. Which that's you know that's like half a terabyte. It's a lot. It is quite a bit. It's chunky. Actually, uh, I recently sent to Paul Friends, and he's building his like you know circa 1994 PC so that he can play old. Uh, adventure games. That is such a good idea. Uh, but the thing is, is that his hard drive wasn't working. But I happen to have some hard drives, so I mailed them to him. Uh, so now he's getting that underway. Right, because like a lot of the times, those old adventure games, like 
their timing stuff was based on processor speed. Yeah. And so, you know, according to the game now, like, you know, 500 years pass in the span of two seconds. <laughs> I definitely, like, and it's interesting is that there was a game, uh, you know, uh, it's just so weird, is that we had all of these games, and I, I'm trying to think where we even got them. Like, now that I think about it, it's, it's bugging me because... Like, I was talking to my brother about a game that he used to play all the time, which apparently was called Street Rod. And it was this, like, like it was a late 80s PC game about hot rod racing in, like, the 50s. And you could, like, modify your car. You could, like, lower the hood or, like, the you know, the roof, like, make it shorter and, like, remove the bumpers. And then you had to, like, tune the engine and you could, like, replace the parts and stuff. And you would go, like, drag race on the street and get pulled over by the cops. It was a pretty cool game. Um, But the thing is, is, like, I know of, like, three or four different sources of games that we had. Because we didn't really, like, buy a lot of games. Um, So I don't know where this collection of games came from. But there there was Street Rod. There was some, like, there was, like, Bard's Tale. Some other game that was, like, uh, similar to Bard's Tale, where it's one of those, like, first-person perspective RPGs. Um, There was Wasteland. Like, just a bunch of old uh, DOS games. Oh, that's right. I was actually going somewhere with this. Okay. There was a game called (laughs) Speed... I think it was Speedball or something. And when we would load it up, you would instantly lose the game (laughs) because it went so fast on our, like, 1991 computer that it was impossible to play. You just instantly lost. I was like, well, speedball is... Like, like as soon as you turned on the game, like... Well, okay, um... It was actually almost impossible to play because, like, it would start up and it would show you the menu, but as soon as you would, like, tap the, like, up or down key, it would scroll all the way to, like, the max or the min of the menu options. So I was, like, trying to get to play, and, like, it wouldn't... (laughs) <laughs> there, but like once you would actually start the game, like as soon as you would start, it would instantly. I thought you know, I recognized the name. I uh, used to have Brutal Deluxe on the Mega Drive. <laughs> Is that similar? It's the sequel, Speedball Two oh. Brutal Deluxe. Okay. The the what you're describing with um with the game running way too fast, it's sort of like the original PC release of Resident Evil. Really? When I tried to play that on a Windows ninety eight computer. Um, it just ran super, super fast. This was like a Pentium, and it, it was just running like crazy, super, super fast. What you have to do is actually slow down your computer somehow to be able to play it. So, games in the background. so there was like freeware programs designed just for running Resident Evil that would slow your computer down to a certain amount so you could play it. Nowadays, trying to get that original version to run on Windows 7 is, like, pretty much impossible. Like, the thing is, is that I don't... I mean, back then, you would have to, you know, quit Windows and quit to DOS. Like, if you remember, quit to DOS. <laughs> um, so, like, you would have to... Like, you wouldn't be able to run anything else while running Speedball. I mean, I guess now you can probably just run it in DOSBox. Yeah, but... in DOSBox, with a lot of those old games that were machine-independent speed, you have to... Uh, run your cycles all the way down to about 200 to be able to play them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like it's bugging me now. 
that I think about it. Because, like, I know we had Arkanoid. Like, I need to find, like, I have a great desire to find the collection of games that we had that had all this stuff. Because I don't know where it is. And, like, I recently dug out, actually, I dug it out so that I could send them to Paul. Is this pirated CD of games that's still sitting here on my desk that, like, my brother got from a friend in high school. But, like, that was in, like, 1997, 96, like, somewhere around there. So, like, those weren't the games that we had in 1991. And in, like, 1992, we got, oh, a CD drive for our PC. Um, and it came with Interplay's 10th anniversary collection, which I know had a lot of games like... Uh, there was Lord of the Rings. There was uh, what else is there? Like trying, a Star Trek. I'm trying game. to remember. There was a certain um, game that I thought was interplay, and I'm gonna do a quick check. Um, by the way, um, did you ever have Earthworm Jim? That would have been too early for that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, okay. I played Earthworm Jim on Super Nintendo. Yeah, and the game I'm thinking of that was interplay is not is Sierra. So there's no point in me asking about that one. Like, oh, oh, hmm. Pastimes in Tone Town, The Bard's Tale, Wasteland. You see, this is Dragon this Wars. is all just over my head. Wasteland. Oh, hold on, maybe Dragon Wars is what I played. So maybe I did get these games off of the, uh, the thing. Hold on. You mentioned Wasteland. Yes. Yeah, that was the precursor to Fallout. It was the main inspiration yes. for the original Fallout game. Oh, I am talking about Dragon Wars, that's right. Sorry, um, I never played Wasteland, but um, the reason being, my brother installed it. He got what he says is pretty far. I, I mean, we to this day don't really know how actually far he got, but he played it for a while. And then he died, or like he lost, and he could not figure out a way to start a new game. So every time that he played, he would just be in this like... Dead. Yeah, exactly, and so we just <laughs> never played the game again. That's curious <laughs> to me. I mean, that's a that's a strict definition of permadeath. Like, and I'm I'm guessing, you know, being that this was like ninety one, ninety two, I would have been five, he would have been like nine. Then maybe we were just missing something. <laughs> But could you not like delete the save or whatever? Like, well, I don't know how this works. So well, I mean, again, keep in mind, I would have been five or six. He would have been, you know, nine or ten. Okay. So like we now, I would just say, yeah, if it did that, just uninstall the game and reinstall the game. Um, well, I'm reading a little FAQ here, and it says that there must have been another playable character in his game somewhere because oh. um, that's why it won't let you start a new game. You can't okay. start a new game until all playable characters are dead. Mm, that is interesting. From a post from 2012 about uh, replaying Wasteland. Um, okay, and here's the thing. Like, The funny thing is, when I see these screenshots of some of these games, like looking up screenshots of Speedball, looking up screenshots of um, Dragon Wars, this looks way vastly far superior to what I actually saw when I played the games. Maybe you're because just I'm, misremembering. No, um, I'm pretty sure that I was playing, like, they're probably playing VGA mode, and I was planning playing, like, you know, Tandy 16 color. EGA. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like I, I definitely remember having to like go through the settings and pick which one worked for me and like setting the IRQ for the mouse or something. Like these this was the olden days. You've just attracted some unwanted attention. One big dog. Read <laughs> paragraph fourteen. Oh, oh, nobody the, said uh, I have to study. No, that's probably the uh, preventing you from stealing the game or whatever. Oh, the top-down view is quite nice. The auto map. I don't remember that being a thing that existed, but then again, again, I would have been... I think the oldest I would have been when I played this game was like 11. <laughs> so... I've just I might just... a screenshot where it says, Do you wish to sell yourselves at the slave market? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Hmm... See, the furthest back I can go, I'm trying to think of, like, what are the oldest games? Like, like when they were contemporary, because obviously I've played games, old. I've played older games, you know, I've played, you know, at least a Mega Man, and that's from 87. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what's the oldest game I've played when it was, like, relevant. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, there's there's the Backyard Sports games. I remember playing those. Oh, uh, the Humongous Entertainment games. Those were my day. Like, Freddy Fish, Pajama Sam. Oh, um, yeah. I got all of those in a bundle recently. I never played Spy Fox. I, I, I had... Because the... the I, we, yeah, I played Putt-Putt, Pajama Sam, and Freddy Fish. But I never played... We never got Spy Fox. But, like, you, you had the demos of them in them. Like, you could play, like, the first, like, part of the game. And yeah. so I've, I've played, like, the first part of one of the Spy Fox games a bunch. Because, like, each one was supposed to be, like, for um, a certain age demographic. Like, Putt-Putt was supposed to be for the youngest. Then I think it was Pajama Sam. Then I know Spy Fox was supposed to be the oldest. By oldest, it's talking, like, seven to nine. <laughs> yeah. Like, Putt -Putt I, th like I think I have the complete collection here, because I'm looking at Spy Fox 1 to 3, then two sort of spin-offs. then I'm looking at Freddy Fish... One to five and two spin-offs. Then I'm looking at Pajama Sam, one to four and two spin-offs. And Putt Putt, one to seven, wow, and three spin-offs. One to seven? One yeah. to seven? <laughs> Putt Putt joins the parade, goes to the moon, saves the zoo, joins the circus, travels through time, enters the race, and Pep's birthday surprise. I think I only had, uh, I think the one I had was travels through time. I think I remember watching a Peanut Butter Gamer video about that. <laughs> yeah, and he's done a bunch of them. He and Brutal Moose do a lot of the Humongous Entertainment games. They're both excellent um, fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I never played Spy Fox. I remember wanting to because, cause, you know, when you're like seven, you're like, I want to play the game for old kids. It's like Spy <laughs> Fox, which is like very, very, very slightly maybe more difficult. I want to like, be James Bond. It's just, I always had that thought as a kid, so Spy Fox uh, <laughs> interests me. I I played a demo of it. I remember I remember Backyard Baseball. That was another one I played a lot of backyards. I have the I have the uh backyard football Game Boy game, which is not nearly as much fun. It's I very, never understood like, these uh taking uh, famous PC games of putting them on Game Boy thing. Never really worked. The Commander Keen one was dreadful. Yeah, because it... Cause the it, cause Duke Nukem one was dreadful. The Jazz look, Jack Rabbit for Game Boy Advance was They just dreadful. look awful most of the time, too. Like, like, I could think that... Like, I can understand Jazz Jack Rabbit probably didn't play very well, but I can imagine at least that one, like, you know, looked okay. 
okay. Yeah, like okay, but like, like it. It's the ones that try to look, you know, sort of, like they try to look like they have three D models, but it just yeah. doesn't look good at all. Now you see, if they had ported, say, the original first two Duke Nukem games to Game Boy Color as is, I probably would have loved them. But they built the gameplay from the ground up, did like fairly disgusting-looking sprite work, had cutscenes. Oh, it was dreadful. I don't think there's been a single good portable Duke Nukem game. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I just always remember the Game Boy Mortal Kombat game. Oh my gosh. Oh my word! How bad does that look? I've I sent you a link. I've seen a oh, reptile was it? I've seen a short video on it, and it was like, um, it was like you may be wondering how they got all of the tricky combos to work out with just two buttons and a D pad. <laughs> the answer is they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Like, I didn't own it, but a friend of mine, um. Actually, I might own it, now that I think about it. Um, like, I think I ended up with it that, like, a friend of mine bought it, and they let me borrow it, and then they, like, moved or something. So I think I might actually still have it. <laughs> and I remember it. being... Quick, we must run. <laughs> like, I just remember being like, well, I don't really like Mortal Kombat that much, but I'll give it a shot. And then it was literally impossible to play. <laughs> I'm looking at it, and there's two major thoughts. Number one, the character profile images look disgusting. Mm -hmm. Number two, how can you tell the difference between Sub-Zero and Scorpion when they're Uh, different color ninjas and the Game Boy is only black and white? I don't think you can. Matt, I don't think quality was on the forefront of their minds. (laughs) I think... Now and this is you know this is reaching just a bit maybe but I think it's possible that they were just like people like Mortal Kombat if we put it on the Game Boy game some people will probably buy it because they like Mortal Kombat so let's you just know do that this. is such sound and solid logic that there's no way it can possibly be true It's <laughs> <laughs> just so weird I did have okay so I got when I, I don't even know how old I was, um, but a long time ago, like before I like really got into video games, this guy who was like he was like the son of a friend of my parents or something like that. He was going to college, and he gave me his Game Boy, like his old like I mean now it is I don't know I feel like it was kind of already old at the time too, um, because I'm not I'm not that old myself. Yeah, and it must have been like mid to it was I think it was just about before the Game Boy Advance came out. But so he gave it to me and it only had two games with it. It had Tetris, which was a lot of fun cuz you know it's Tetris. But it also had this weird basketball game and I don't know how I even knew this at the time, but like it was one of those games where B was select. And I don't know why, but, like, even as a young child, which I could not have possibly been exposed to that many video games at that point, B as, like, select and A as go back was just, Uh, like, that didn't work in my brain. I don't know why, because I I couldn't have had the conditioning yet. I don't know. Well, I remember having trouble with that um, when they swapped it around for, like, 
PlayStation Forward. I remember being really upset with Final Fantasy VII because you know I've been trained for years that like A is you know accept or select or whatever, and that B is cancel and go back and like all that. And then they swapped it, and it's been that way eternally since in every game. I'm just like, why? Because like I can get in like sometimes with Super Nintendo, like with platformers, I can get it because like the way it's set up. You know, going from having your thumb, the bottom of your thumb rest on B, while the top of your thumb rests on Y, and using B to jump and Y to, like, attack or whatever B does. That makes sense, because otherwise you got to do that A thing, A and B, and your thumb has to kind of, like, tilt down and do it or something. Or, like, you... You put your, yeah. you put like, you have to kind of hold your thumb weird, which wasn't ever really a problem, but like I can see how like that isn't optimal. You raised that you didn't like um, circle as accept and X as cancel. You do realize the significance of the buttons, right? <laughs> I mean, I understand conceptually, but having it ground into me from like you know my youngest days. That like the bottom button, I'm even more confused. Exactly, because if you look at them right, circle as in okay, and yeah. cross as in cancel. But as they in no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that but they did it the other way. But but that's the thing. X is like no, and circle is like yes. Yeah, but isn't B the one on the bottom? I'm talking about the PlayStation. Yeah, but okay, but I'm wasn't okay. Didn't Final Fantasy VII? The bottom button was accept, and the no, button on the right... the bottom button was cancel. The button on the right was accept. Okay, because see, and that's how it's done on the Super Nintendo. But I could have sworn it was in the PlayStation era that they started having the bottom button be accept, and the button on the right be cancel, and that that, oh, like... Oh, I me... see. Yes, I agree with you on that. Yeah, because, like, that threw me for a loop. Let me see. Uh, but who's going to actually... Is anyone going to actually list... The instructions? Like, are they going to actually tell me what the buttons do? Um, Or am I going to have to go dig out my physical games and tell you what the buttons say in the manual? (laughs) Use confirm circle button. Hmm. Because, like, this one's trying to tell me that it still had the circle button as confirm, which would be the one on the right. What game would it have been? Maybe it wasn't Final Fantasy VII, but it was something on the PlayStation. Was it Xenogears? Like, there was... I'm going to go... I don't... Do I have the cartridge? Hold on. I'm going to be right back. Well, so... Quick. To- <laughs> topics. <laughs> um, Topic. Games. Quick, video, quick before Jed gets back. Video games. Um, I guess this is the part where we could talk bad about Jetty since he's not here to fire us. No, Jetty, Jetty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a person. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going to be listening to this later and probably, like... <laughs> he's probably going to chop it out. I mean, yeah, but he's still going to hear it. He's just got to figure out when he's got to cut it back in. Unless he stopped the recording while he left, which I don't think he did. Probably. So anyway, video games. Yeah, video games. Um, you, you know, there's games. Um, Usually it's cool when they video. But I mean, yeah, they don't always have to. They're on, like, these things called c- consoles. <laughs> what did I isn't, isn't that what you do when someone's upset? You you, con- you console them? 
yeah, yeah, you put your hand on their shoulder and you go, there, there, <laughs> you put, it's, you put, it's NES. You put your hand on your sh- their shoulder and then you give them a video game. <laughs> and they feel better. It may seem hard now, but just wait until World 6. Okay, I just grabbed, like, the primary component of my RPGs, and I'm looking at all of the manuals. Like, this, I don't have any manuals with me. I'm in a classroom, so... Because <laughs> my roommate may or may not want to take a nap. <laughs> he didn't decide. Okay, okay. He just might have wanted to. Oh, right, yeah, you told me about that. Well then, okay. Xenogears lists X as confirm and circle as cancel. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics had it with circle being accept or confirm. Um, Let's see. Final Fantasy Anthology. Final Fantasy Anthology has circle as cancel the selected command and X as... uh, Why would you do that? See, and that's what I'm saying! That's what made me so upset at the entire existence of the PlayStation is that they messed everything up by making this change. Ah, I and... see what you mean. I thought you were saying that you hated Circle being Accept because no, no, you no. mentioned Final Fantasy, and I thought well, Final Fantasy VII had Circle as Accept. Well, let me see, because maybe in Europe they didn't. Um, no, okay, this one is saying... In the manual, it says that Circle was the button that you press to make things happen. Um, so maybe it was Final Fantasy VIII? I know Mega Man Anniversary Collection for GameCube has B button is jump, and that's incredibly frustrating. It's like, why? Why would you do? In every Mega Man game, it's been the other way. And it's not like, I mean, like, the, the, the GameCube controller is designed for A to B jump. And, okay, in... Like, they don't explicitly say it in either the 8 or the 7 manual, but when it's telling you, like, oh, to start a new game, it's like, well, in 7 it was like, press circle, press circle, press circle. This one says, beginning a new game, press the X button at the title screen to enter the screen shown on the right, blah, 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 press the X button, blah, 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 press the X button. So sometime around Final Fantasy VIII, they decided instead of using the button on the right, which on the Super Nintendo was A, and on PlayStation was the circle, which makes sense. They randomly were like, we're going to make it the bottom button now. I guess it was Xenogears that I was thinking, not Final Fantasy VII. Although oh, I didn't grab uh, Breath of Fire 3, but I'm going to assume Breath of Fire 3 was also X is except. Mm. I just don't understand. I did, I, although I don't understand from a development standpoint why they would <laughs> do that. Yeah, it's weird. I'm just thinking about it. Because, like, sometimes, like, you've got situations like that, and, like, do you knock the game for that sometimes? Because, like, by itself, you know, a game, like, removed from everything else, like, you know, A button jump, B button, whatever, like, that doesn't, you know, the only reason that it's confusing if that's changed is because of convention. Yeah. So it's like, do you... Like, I would still say it's a problem, but, like, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't make the game unplayable. You just have to press those buttons instead of the other buttons. Yeah, like, I do remember I had just, like, spent a bunch of time playing Borderlands with a friend of mine, and then I got back and I was playing, like, the old Dragon Warrior. Like, I think it was when I was playing Dragon Warrior 2, and I kept pressing accept instead of cancel, and I was like, uh, I did not want to cast that. Like, 
mm-hmm. you know, every every round I would just accidentally like my my brain would go straight to you know the B button or whatever. Right. But I was thinking I was thinking about like um, when Pokemon X and Y came out. You know, this is the first one where they used 3D models for everything. Yeah. Um, and one of the things was is that the 3D because it was on the 3DS, so you also had the circle pad instead oh, of okay. just a D pad. Yeah. Um. And when you use the circle pad, what would happen is is that oh. you would get on roller skates and skate around. <laughs> and there were lots of people who were like, you can't turn the roller skates off. This is terrible. And I'm like, it's not really that big a deal. Like, <laughs> like I can understand that, yes, they should have. But at the same time, it's not like a game-ruining experience. Like, <laughs> if you want to not use the roller skates, you can use the D-pad and run. Um, but the roller skates, like, it's just, like, like, it's not even that different. There's just, like, a little bit of momentum, and you can go a little bit faster. <laughs> and it's like... And you and can move eight directions. Yeah. And they're like, I want to be able to just run in, or walk in eight directions. And it's like, that's really not messing up. Like, it's Pokemon <laughs> RPG. Like, first of all, Controls aren't nearly that important. Like <laughs> you're you're not you're not gonna be in any situation where you need to have mastery of the controls of Pokemon. So it's like like I can understand being frustrated, but some people were like legit mad about it. I'm just like, come on, man. Like I've had to play games where like on the computer where like you no know, S is jump and. L is shoot and you know spacebar is pause and it's like oh, I'm just looking at what you're saying and it's dreadful. <laughs> I, I I made that particular set up, but <laughs> I was looking at the keyboard saying what would be the most dreadful thing I could think of there. Um, well, I I do remember um, Lufia, the original Lufia. The controls were different when you were in the menu, like. <laughs> In order to talk to somebody, you know, you used A to do it and B to get out of it. And so, like, you would talk to someone and then you would say bye in order to go into the, like, shop menu. And then suddenly you had to use, like, B to choose something that you wanted to buy and Y in order to get out of the menu. It's like, who? Because then I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I want to cancel it. Whoops, I just bought something. Like, there's nothing here that I want to buy. Oops, glad that I, like, hit the cancel button because now I bought it. Thank you. And it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like um, in RPGs, like, sometimes you'll go up the oh. staircase, but, like, there's the implication that it's a spiral staircase. So, like, you come back oh. up, like, basically the same door that you came out of. So, like, you're walking yeah. up and you go in and then you just walk back into the same thing you were just in because the door is in the yeah. same place. Yeah. And you're like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But this is this is frustrating me for these two seconds. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's one that like forces a load. Mm-hmm. Like instead of just like you know being on the same map or whatever, it's like this is an entirely different map. We have to load this for you know a second. You know what I've never really seen now that I think about it. <laughs> What's that? Like you know, like you know how like some buildings like you've got like the staircase. But, like, the staircase is sort of, like, separate. Like, you go upstairs, and then you go into a door once you get to the floor that you want. Yeah. I don't see that in a lot of games. It's either a staircase that directly leads from one floor to the other, and that's it. Or 
you, you just go up. Like if you want to get to the top floor without taking an elevator, you go up one set of stairs and you go into the room. And you go into yeah. the other set of stairs that's like in the room. But you don't have yeah. like that staircase going up and up and up. Like I think, in I think I've only ever seen that in like Half-Life. <laughs> well, I wonder if that's like an American convention, maybe. Maybe. Could like be. they just don't have that concept in Japan. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of places where I've seen either. And like in Florida, there's not a lot of buildings that are more than two floors tall. Like, it's just not a thing that really happens around here. hotels. But, yeah. Well, but I think the thing is, is that normally the places where you would see that, at least here in Florida, is it would be an emergency exit or it would be like a utility. Like, it would be the thing that you would only go to if the elevator wasn't working. Right. (laughs) Like, at the library, there's a staircase. And it is kind of like in an RPG where, like, if you kept holding up, basically, you would end up going back <laughs> down the same staircase. Um, and they're like, you know, 12 feet apart. You walk over and around and up and around and up and around. So, like, it ends up being a spiral staircase, but it drops you into the room that you want to be in. Instead of being a staircase, that then you have a door, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the college, um, the ones that actually did that weird, like... You just go up and up and up and up and up and you pick the door that you want to go into. That was like an emergency thing that you only used if like it was really crowded. Mm. Or, a, or a fire exit maybe if there was a... Yeah. Yeah. Is there a game where you've ever had to use the fire exit but like normally? <laughs> like I can... Uh, there are definitely games with fire exits but like... Yeah. Half the time you just sort of like jump off of them. <laughs> like is there ever a game where like the house catches on fire and you take the fire escape. <laughs> you just go to the fire escape like, well, I didn't have to fight my way through that fire. I don't think so. The two games I can think of where a fire happens in a house, both of them you leave out the front door. And that's uh, Silent Hill Origins and um, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. There's uh, Final Fantasy VI where you actually have to go into the house to save a child and you beat up the fire as you're in there. Oh wow! <laughs> Beat up like is it is it like a mystical fire or is it just like regular fire? I'm pretty sure it was just regular fire. Like <laughs> you just you, there are flames that are floating around and you fight flames. Hold on, let me uh, fantasy six <laughs> fight, fight the fire in our um, style. Is maybe maybe I should have stuck with that game for longer than I did because I I kept getting stuck. You have to climb a mountain and fight some bears. Yeah, and I got stuck. Do you find anything, early. like, magical in this game? Like, all I've heard is, like, regular fire and bears. No, there, um, there was magical stuff. It's just the magical stuff was sort of blocked off by the Empire or whoever it was, Kefka, because um, it was all about, like, industrial revolution and all that uh, sort of thing. Um, oh, so they weren't, like, magic bears? Mm, I'm not sure if they were magic bears. They, they were definitely no, bears. No, the ones, the ones on the mountain aren't magical. I can tell you that much. So does that mean that there are bears later on that are magical? <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I did... I'm going to send you guys some pictures. Is that apparently there were a few that were like... Okay, here, you can see... I have to actually get you. back to my computer if you're going to send links. <laughs> oh. But like, this is the map where you can see the fires walking around. <laughs> and then there's you fighting an actual fire. And then you fighting... Bombs, which are you know fire fire type. 
Now you see bombs I'm familiar with because they're in um, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Flame Eater. But it's just like a yeah. ball of fire. Yeah. That's amusing. Good times. Final Fantasy VI. So uh, do we want to read some fan mail? We have some fan mail. Yes, let's do that. Okay. Let's pretend um, we have structure. We actually have two emails. One, which came shortly after the podcast began. Um, How, and the wait, other which, what? After it began? Yeah, like we actually got it like about an hour ago. <laughs> they know. They must know. So, okay. Yeah, someone on the staff who sent it, who like got the email and knows when we're recording. In which it case, why didn't been. they come on the podcast? Um, well, okay, the first email then would be, Sorry, I totally forgot that my sister was getting picked up around five. We're at dinner and I just remembered. Sorry. Then the second email is, Fan mail? What is the appropriate answer to, What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Which, of course, you ask, Is it African or European? What? I thought it was, ah! I, I don't understand. We just, like, walked into the Twilight Zone. No, we've walked into the Monty Python Zone. Yeah. Is that apparently the email? I like that zone. It was the best part of any Sonic game I've ever played. The Monty Python Zone. <laughs> and it says, question courtesy of my dad. Uh, my question, favorite Cooking Mama game? Um, The one where she cooks... My favorite Cooking Mama game is the one where she actually... Uh, it, it came with a, a toy baby that you <laughs> put the Wiimote in. <laughs> to cook? <laughs> you don't cook the, the toy baby. It, it was a spin-off of Cooking Mama. Is it still considered a Cooking Mama game, though? I, it, technically, it's considered a Mama game, I think. <sighs> I, haven't played, I haven't played any of those um, I missed the opportunity to get one of the uh, one of the babysitting mama games and the and the controller. <laughs> well, it's not even a controller. It's like you know, it's well, it's a toy baby. You put a Wii, Wii remote in, but the point right. still stands. It's like it's like a Wii wheel where it's just like a piece of plastic that you put over the Wii mode. Except instead of a piece of plastic you put over the Wii mode, it's a baby. <laughs> that you're not that I, I I've, I've seen some people play it and it's like really easy to, like, move it, quote-unquote, too violently because it's kind of <laughs> sensitive. And so, like, every, like, five seconds, it's like, don't shake the baby. Like, <laughs> yes, but I have you to like this? the baby. <laughs> we cannot just leave the baby still for the ever because <laughs> it was really sensitive, apparently. That's amazing. I think it's also funny because I think there are some mini games in the Babysitting Mama game where – the your actions with the Wii remote don't actually represent the baby. Like, it represents, like, a bottle. So it's like, you've got the baby, and you're, like, <laughs> tilting it like a bottle <laughs> to feed. I don't know if this is true. I'm not entirely sure. Well, I mean, I think you would probably take the Wiimote out of the baby at that point. <laughs> but you don't have to. <laughs> That's such a great out-of-context quote. If this were a live radio show and somebody tuned in, you have to take the Wiimote out of the baby at that point. <laughs> you have to tilt the baby. <laughs> All right, what's our other email question? Okay, our second email. This is an email. <laughs> Man, it's been a while since I wrote a fan email. 
Then again, it's only been a little over three months as of the time the podcast will be posted since I infiltrated GameCola HQ, so... Nathaniel did a nice job upgrading the security system since then, by the way. <laughs> but that's wasting time. On to conversation topics. So how about that weather? Weather systems in video games, and what great-slash-interesting ones have you come across? There's... there's you, you, if you're talking about weather in video games, you have to talk about Metal Gear Solid 2. In its opening, the uh, specifically the tanker chapter, there's all this rain coming down. And back in the day of the PS2, you're looking at this and you're thinking, wow, <laughs> this looks amazing. And the rain yeah. is even pattering on Solid Snake's outfits. Amazing. <laughs> and how did they get the rain to patter on his outfit? They made it part of his animation. So the rain doesn't actually match up at all. <laughs> But it looks so spot on. I'd like to see. I like to see like the the rain animated Solid Snake like model, but without like the uh, the the rain effect. Yeah, like just, just on a bright sunny day. It just you know sometimes it errors out and gets stuck. He's just constantly, he's just constantly sopping wet. And like, like in terms of like changing weather, I know that some of the Pokemon games, um, there are certain areas which can experience certain weather. I think, I don't know. It's, I think it's a little bit. I think it varies to game to game. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's not. Some places are just in like permanent rain, and you're kind of like, okay, I don't think that works like that, but okay. In Black and white, and I think black, two, and white, too, but I haven't played those. Um, they had, like, seasons, and so, like, things, the weather, the sort of surroundings would change by the seasons. You wouldn't necessarily get weather like that, but you'd get, like, you know, there'd be snow in winter. But they did it based on, like, the actual clock of the game, but instead of, like, you having, like, in something like Animal Crossing, where you'd have to wait, like, until the winter for it to be winter, um... What they did is that each month was given a season, and it just changed each month. So, like, January is spring, February is summer, um, March is that fall. That sounds like April the is climate winter. here in Britain. And then it's, then it's May is spring, June is summer, July is fall, August is winter, September is spring, October is summer, November is fall, and December is winter. So it matches up sometimes. What is it? It's um, November and December match up. June matches up. Um, May kind of matches up. May can be seen seen as late spring. So, you know, you know the saying: a broken clock is correct twice a day. I liked in Final Fantasy XI, the online one. Um, it had like day and night, and it had weather. And so, like, every hour was a full day. So, like, you know, the sun would rise and set over the course of an hour. And depending on, like, where you were, there would be rain or there would be, like, windstorms or there would be different types of weather, which would affect, like, crafting. So, like, if you were crafting a water-based item then you would get a bonus if you were crafting in the rain. <laughs> That's just, like, way too involved. Like, it did get a little silly. Like, and, okay, you don't even know, like, the tenth of it because 
there was multiple moons, each of which were associated. They both had a positive and a negative. So, like, if you're trying to craft a water thing under the fire moon, then you'd have to wait, like, you know, 16 hours or whatever for the water moon to come out. Um, uh, what else was there? Oh, well, it was... Okay, if it was raining, then there was a chance on that map for a water elemental to appear, which you could fight, and it would, you know, drop cool things or whatever. And, you know, if it was... Uh, if you were in the desert, there was some sort of weather for the desert that would, like, get a fire elemental, that kind of thing. Mm. So there were cool things associated where, like, the weather actually had sort of a purpose in-game. That sounds awfully complicated, but on on the other hand, it's so incredibly clever. It's the kind of thing Square would do. Yeah. There was one more that I wanted to discuss, and I'm going to send the link to it. Um, and I've mentioned this before in a review on GameColor. This is the snow level in Ape Escape 3 has the most gorgeous-looking snow ever. And it, it doesn't really stop falling, but it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I think I spend the first part of this video I linked you to just standing there gushing at how beautiful the snow is. Okay, he so. is not dressed appropriately. <laughs> oh, now it's getting confusing because you're talking. <laughs> Mute the video. Um, yeah, I've got the video muted. Hi. Yeah, he's not, he is not dressed pro. He's wearing sa is he wearing sandals? Okay, no, they're sneakers. <laughs> I don't think yeah. That is some pretty good snow though. It's so pretty. <laughs> this was right at the end of the PS2's lifespan and it really shows, I think, visually. Mm. How there's different layers of snow and they're all falling at different speeds and you're just moving through it. And like you can tell that they're flat planes with like the snow animation on them, but just you're moving through it and it feels like you're in that snow. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful. Like, I actually didn't really, like, notice it until you pointed it out that, like, it's flat planes. Yeah, with just different snow animations on them at different um, speeds. Yeah. And it just creates the illusion that you're in full, thick, falling snow. Yeah. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first non-PC gaming console slash handheld? And your first game for it. Well, I already talked about the Game Boy. Though I did, my mom did have a Palm Pilot for that. <laughs> I played Breakout on it a bunch, so, I mean, maybe. The first one that was mine was the original Brick Game Boy. Um, the first one that I, like, got because I wanted it, like, asked for, was the Game Boy Advance SP. I mean, we also had a computer, but, I mean. Yeah, well, they said non-PC, so. Well, my brother right. had consoles, but I think the first ever console or handheld I actually owned would have been the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. I got it with Mario Land and Mario Land 2 in a Game Boy carry case. <laughs> and I remember staying up all night the uh, the Christmas day that I got it, and just I was playing Mario Land 2, and I was in Tree Zone, and I'm like, what the hell is this? So, Getting stuck in the sap? Yeah, getting stuck in the sap. That is exactly the level I remember. <laughs> no, I definitely, uh, I definitely played some Super Mario Land 2 back in the day. It's so good. So good. The Game Boy, like the original Game Boy, 
was I feel like it was relevant for a lot longer than most gaming consoles were. Like it didn't become outdated because it what it came out in nineteen ninety no nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I would say I would say very late eighties. And then yeah, it was nine it was nineteen eighty nine, and then the the next like because there was like the Game Boy Color, but like even after the Game Boy Color, the Game Boy wasn't really outdated. Yeah, like you could play Game Boy Color games for the most part on the Game Boy, and you could play yeah. Game Boy games on the Game Boy Color. So unless yeah, the cartridge like the was see through, was like, cause I like, never actually owned any of those, but like I heard about it. The see like yeah, because like the because you know like at the end of the NES, you can see like things were starting to become unsuccessful on the NES because the SNES had come out. That yeah. didn't really happen with the Game Boy and the and the Game Boy Color, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, so then you're talking the the next big thing that happened was the Game Boy Advance, and that's 2001. So that's eleven. Yeah, that's twelve. A, twelve. Yeah, twelve years that it was relevant. Yeah. As a system, mm-hmm. whereas you know most I mean, most systems like what it's like five I think. Well, it was eleven years that the Game Boy stayed relevant, and it was eleven minutes that the Bandai Wonderswan remained <laughs> relevant. Yeah. <laughs> It also, yeah, it also was, like, at the peak of its competition. That helps, too. Well, because even thinking about, and, like, that's the weird thing, is, like, Pokemon, I mean, I guess, when did Pokemon come out in Japan? 95 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd want to say 95 or 96. Yeah, because it came, I think it was... 96, according to Wikipedia. 96, it came out in Japan? Yeah, 98 in America. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were already uh, delaying Pokemon Gold and Silver uh, by the time <laughs> Red and Blue came out over here. But to think about that, like, a critically popular game came out that late in a system's life. I mean, I guess, like, that's not... Like, I guess, you know, later games usually are the better ones. But uh, you compare that to, like, 91 to, like, 95 for Super Nintendo games, and then you go straight into the Nintendo 64 like, you know, when did Chrono Trigger come out? Uh, yeah, 95. Which, like, then the Nintendo 64 was released Nintendo in 96. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, thinking about, you know, that was, like, the end of, you know, games for the uh, the Super Nintendo was, like, 95, 96 is where they were, like, wrapping up games that were still in development. Whereas... Game Boy was still just going along, came out before Super Nintendo, still going strong multiple years after, you know, Nintendo 64. It It is amazing in, in some ways how that stayed relevant. Yeah. Because um, you did get Nintendo franchises that were introduced on Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 getting Game Boy entries, but um, <laughs> for the most part, it the Game Boy was still pretty much supported by its own things, like Pokemon yeah. uh, appeared on the Game Boy first, and there was Hamtaro, which was Game Boy. You know, it wasn't like Nintendo were just putting out the latest um, other franchise for another console on there. Right, and then, like, because, like, with the Game Boy Advance, what you, you started getting um, lots of SNES ports. Like, the I guess the Game Boy Advance's hardware sort of lined up pretty well with SNES stuff. Um, yeah, the I abilities think, like, were similar. I think everything except like the sound cards, like the way the way they did sound, was pretty much compatible. So you you've got like a lot of Super Nintendo um, 
remakes or ports. Like, you know, you've got all of the Mario All-Stars games on Game Boy as separate cartridges. So you've got, you know, All-Stars Mario 1. Like, the first Game Boy Advance game that I had was Super Mario Bros. 3, but it was the All-Stars version. Um, And then Yoshi's Island was on there. Yoshi's Um, Island was quite an interesting one because they pretty much ported the game uh, exactly added in a bunch of levels which included beta elements that were left in the SNES game but weren't used into into the bonus mm-hmm. stages in the Game Boy Advance version. And the only thing that didn't match up, the sound engine, was uh, like so out of place. I think I remember you telling me this, Jetty, mm-hmm. that the reason why they used the different Yoshi sound clips is because the ones that they had on the Super Nintendo didn't work on the Game Boy Advance. No, um, Joe, were you the one who said I that? I think that was me, because I, I, yeah. I know a ah. lot about I, I looked into a lot about the differences between the two versions mm-hmm. of Yoshi's Island. Another tiny, subtle difference that I know of um, is that the way red coins are handled is a little bit differently. Because like, in the SNES version, you've got the red coins... And the sprite animations for them, if you, like, stand still and, like, look at the coins, you can see that they're slightly different. They spin a little bit differently than they do, than the regular coins do. Yeah, very little Um, bit. So you can, like, see that. In the Game Boy version, the Game Boy Advance version, they're, they're identical. You can't tell until you get them. Oh, that sucks. Because I remember looking at them to, like, help me find them. Right. Um, I I always preferred the... Again, it's probably because that's the one I played, but I always preferred it the way the Game Boy one did it because then you, like, actually had to actively look for them instead of instead of just, like, standing around and seeing. Like, you actually had to check them. And you had the magnifying glass if you wanted to see where they were. True, the but you had to keep you earning magnifying glasses by playing the same bandit minigames over and over and over again. So you could, if you did well in the first world, you basically could get all the items that you wanted. What were we talking about before this? Worst game that's part of a generally great series. Well, wait, no, Jay, did we let you, did we let you t- say what your, what was your first? Well, oh, wait, no, I didn't. That's right. Um, no, for me, it was the NES. Like, that was the first one that I played. Like, uh, like I guess I don't really consider consoles to be mine because i like shared everything with my brother so like it's hard to say which one was mine the first one that i bought was the game boy color like with my own money um i saved up my allowance or whatever and i bought game boy color but uh before that like the first console that i played was the nintendo with the power pad (laughs) and the uh zapper i definitely played um the nes before riot uh, played Game Boy, but the first system I'd ever owned was Game Boy. I mean, I remember playing TMNT <laughs> back in the day. And yeah. uh, TMNT 2, the arcade game. And yeah. Marble Madness. And uh, if you're familiar with it, the Quattro Adventure cartridge for NES, which is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> it's a port of four classic Codemasters PC games to the NES. No, I never. Uh... Including the unbeatable Treasure Island Dizzy. I'm pretty sure it was unbeatable. I couldn't <laughs> beat it. Never played that one. As the time to start, it's absolutely dreadful. Give it a try. 
don't know. I uh, I regularly look, and this is the sad thing. Like, there's always a part of me that wants to have like a fresh experience of a classic game. You know, like I want to play a Nintendo game that's good that I've never played before. But you know, the sad truth that I have to accept is that. There's a limited number of them, and I've played most of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's mm. there's a quantity that's static unless somebody starts producing new Nintendo games, um, you know, of games that exist. And I've played the vast majority of, like, the, at least of the good ones of games for the Nintendo. And the same thing, like, with Super Nintendos, you just start to run out after a certain point. And that's why I'm, like, putting off ever playing, like, Dragon Warrior 3 is because I know that one day I'm going to really want to play a, you know, Nintendo RPG, like, classically styled, slow, boring, poorly translated, turn-based RPG (laughs) that I haven't played before, which is the key thing, because I have literally played the original Dragon Warrior probably a hundred times. Like, I wouldn't doubt if I was closing in on that, because I would just sit and I would play it and I would beat it in, you know, two or three days when I'm like six. And then I would turn around and say, well, let's play that again. Like, I don't know why, but over the years I've accumulated quite a number of plays of that one. And the same thing with Dragon Warrior 4, that uh, I played that one a lot. And so, I don't know, finding a fresh old school RPG. Do you want a fresh, old-school experience, full stop? I bet you've never played um, Thriller's Safari for the NES. This is when you correct me and you say you have. I haven't. Thriller's Safari? Oh, my God. I hope you like, uh, oh, what's their name? Uh, LJN Games. (laughs) And then Thriller. You're really going to subject Jetty to that? (laughs) LJN? (laughs) Well, you see, the thing is, LJN were a publisher more than they were a developer. You've got to remember they put out Maximum Carnage, which is a really good Spider-Man game. So, you know, it's it's not always cut and dry. All I know them from is, like, Jaws. Yeah, Jaws was bad. It was kind of fun, though. I think I have, like, three copies of Jaws because uh, a friend of my brother, <laughs> his dad owned, like, a... 1001 movies or whatever and so when they stopped having nes games he just gave them all to his son and his son was like oh here you know everybody have games and he had this like box of games and my brother's just like okay i'll just take this whole box and we came home with like three copies of jaws like five (laughs) copies of tetris and you don't have any of those now oh no i still have them they're sitting in my like uh drawer in the other room nice my most of my loose games at the moment are original game boy cartridges or PSP UMDs. They're all Japanese. <laughs> yeah, original Game Boy and like even like Game Boy Advance cartridges. Like they just they don't feel like you should store them like in a thing. I don't know. Like they feel like they belong in just like a muddled box. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something fun about them. Cuz like cuz like anything else you're like they're like if you go if you go further down the line, down time, into the future. Like, you've got, like, DS cartridges, and they're, like, small enough that you feel 
and like they've got like the their um connectors kind of exposed and so you feel a little uncomfortable just like leaving them sprawled out in a container um and you go much further back before like game boy original game boy cartridges you're talking about you know console cartridges and those are big enough that you can't really like like you need to put them in an organized fashion so that they will all fit <laughs> but yeah. like Game Boy cartridges are small enough that it doesn't really matter in terms of sp- saving space if you organize them or not, because you're not gonna have like that many Game Boy cartridges. So you can just kind of leave them. Like I just have a bucket in my room that's like all the Game Boy Advance cartridges. It's like halfway full. I also have like the the old handhelds in it as well. Sorry, I finally found Thrilla's. Surfari, <laughs> and uh, I I actually I remember the box, but I don't think I have the game. But like I remember seeing the box like existing. It's a skateboarding platformer where you play as an ape. It just looks like the second level of Battletoads. Imagine the second level of Battletoads <laughs> for a whole game. Yeah, I was just gonna say like. Okay, worst game that's part of a generally great series. How about that? Um, that's, that's a really difficult one. Yeah, it is a difficult question. Like, I, th- this wouldn't be my answer, but like, I'm guessing like the time type of vein you're talking about is um something like Mega Man Eight. Sounds about right. But like, even even Mega Man, like, I have my problems with Mega Man Eight, and I have a lot of problems with Mega Man Eight. But like. At the end of the day, like a lot of the things that are wrong with Mega Man that I think are wrong with Mega Man 8 are a symptom of it being part of the Mega Man series. And on its own, on its own, really the only bad, there are really only a couple bad things. Like, I don't like how things are like, each stage is designed like a gimmick, but a lot of that is just because that's not how other Mega Man games were. Hmm. And so I have to I have to concede that a bit to it, but the I'm I'm guessing that's the kind of vein that they're talking about is like a game that it's not like a weird spinoff or something. It's like part of the series, but it's just yeah. significantly lesser quality. I'm trying to think. It's incredibly difficult because the first thing that comes to mind for me is like those really bad CDI Zelda games. But I know this is not what. Is being yeah. asked for here because you know they're not really part of the main series at all. Because you know, obviously, you would want to say Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, but again, that's not part of the main series. But I would probably say uh, Final Fantasy V, at least of like, like I've never really played the more recent Final Fantasies, but of like the two D ones that was always my least. Isn't like the main character of that game called like Farts or something? <laughs> Yes, his name is Butts. Butts, that's it. <laughs> How can a game with a main character called Butts be bad? It was just weird because like the graphics were pretty much copied and pasted from uh, Final Fantasy IV. The, the sound font used for the music pretty much ruined the music for me. Like The composition might be good, but the execution, like the actual way that it sounds because of the sound font, is just goofy. Like, they had this weird trumpet thing, and, like, they just... And then I could never get into the story. Like, I really liked the job. Like, you could... It was like Final Fantasy Tactics with the jobs. Mm. Like, you could choose what job your character was going to play as, and you could change jobs on the fly, which I always thought that was really cool. But I could never stomach the rest of the game. 
what something that comes to mind is um and I don't know if this is a hundred I don't know how true this is because this is all based on anecdotal stuff. But it seems to me that the reason that Metroid is like still around and popular today is because of Super Metroid and that the original Metroid is sort of like yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just sort of there and it's grouped in with the rest of the Metroid series because it's a series. But <laughs> I don't hear a lot of praise for the original Metroid. There are certain people who like it, but um, like most people don't like how non-linear it was, and it really was just you run around and hope that you find something like right, without having a walkthrough. It's just a lot of running around. Because everything looks the same. Yeah. Like there's no like there's like you could be in like three different hallways and <laughs> as far as you're concerned they're the exact same hallway as before and it's definitely it's from a time where like where it's like more expect like it's one of those games that's just the current the current gaming scene or whatever you want to call it like it just doesn't mesh well with that because it's not because it's a game that you're supposed to sort of just continually throw yourself at until you sort of get the idea but that's just not how it is now. Like you need to be able to make progress, and you're not really expected to make your own map nowadays. Or like, I think didn't the manual even come with a map? Um, I don't remember for Metroid. I know that it was common for games to come with maps back in the day, like right. physical and maps. And then, and then people like you know get their their virtual store um, copies or their perhaps less than entirely legal copies. And get frustrated when a lot of the stuff that's not being conveyed is supposed to be conveyed in the game's manual. <laughs> yeah. Though there was one thing, um, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, the original one. Like, you know how you can use bombs to like destroy the walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I really like how it's used. Like once you know it, because like you can go in and you like, hmm, you look at the map and you're like, it looks like there might be like a secret door, or like there is a room here, but there's no way to get to it. I might yeah. have to use a bomb to get in there, which is really cool. But, like, the initial, like, idea that you can use bombs on walls is yeah. not communicated to you, <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. And it's necessary to beat the game. And part of it is, though, it's not necess- it doesn't start becoming necessary. You don't notice that it's necessary, rather, until you get past, like, I think the third dungeon. Because it's only at that point where you can't progress any further if you haven't gotten the bonus item that's in each dungeon. Like, I always just think about the one secret door that you're, like, required to go through that you have to lay the little bridge across the thing and then walk up to the, like, it's just a wall. There's just a wall there, but there's also a door in there. So, like, somebody just had to walk up every single square of that river and be like, oh, I found it now. (laughs) You're talking about, like, in the overworld? Yeah, in the original game. Right, because, like, in the dungeons, like, you know, it's always in the middle of the wall. Yeah. And so you don't have to, if you think there's a passage, you can test it really easily without wasting, you know, all 16 of your bombs. I remember it being very specific, though, outside in the the other Yeah, outside. If you were, like, a a couple of pixels away from the rock you're trying to blow open, then it didn't Mm -hmm. count. I really tried getting into the first Zelda and had a really, really hard time. I like it well. I honestly can't think of any. Um, Maybe I'd say at a stretch, uh, Sulcoba 4 was pretty terrible in a series I otherwise think is pretty good. 
um, just on account of um, its single-player modes were mints. Um, you had to unlock uh, all the classic characters. You could unlock them straight at the start, but you had to unlock them, which was annoying. Um, and the Star Wars characters didn't fit in-universe at all. It was gen- genuinely disappointing. There weren't any bad uh, Sonic games? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, I guess I can't really think of, like... Like, I can think of plenty of bad games. But, like, bad games in a series that was otherwise good is a tough one. Well, actually, what you're saying would imply that Sonic was a series that was otherwise good, and that's also a good debate. <laughs> and that's coming from, like, a very big Sonic fan. Yeah, Mega Man 8's really... And I, I, I don't hate Mega Man 8 that much, but it's, it's the only thing I can really think of. Um, I'm guessing that there are some Mega Man X games that would fall into this category, like some of the later ones. Cause I think oh, it was there, there was one of them that was a 3D platformer that wasn't yeah. really X7 or X8. But I think, like, the story is that it was supposed to end after X4, but they just sort of kept going. Like, the designers had, like, planned to end it at X4. That doesn't surprise me, because X5, which was the first Mega Man X game that I owned, um, the story in it felt very confusing and weird and, like, put together on the spot. I need to get through the rest. I think I think I can get, um, this summer, I'll get X2 on... I think I can get it on Virtual Console, um, so I'll do that, because I really need to get through... Because I've played the first Mega Man X game, and I really liked it. I'd probably put it at number three in my top Mega Man games, which is pretty, you know, out of ten that I've played. Or no. My, my top Mega yeah. Man games list is really weird, because right at the top is, like, Mega Man Powered Up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played I haven't played Powered Up. Um, I played... Uh, it's it's the, so adorable. I played all of the main classic series except nine. I'm saving nine for a rainy day. I've played the first Game Boy one, which I didn't like that much. Uh, I've, okay, I played partway through Mega Man Battle Network 2, only the second one, because that's just... I had a f- friend who gave me his copy of 2 and 3, but he didn't have the original. And, like, I some weird saving glitch happened, and, like, I don't think the game will progress. So I gave up because, like, like there was some sort of event where you were supposed to... It was one of those things where you're supposed to quote-unquote wait, but, like, you know, the game doesn't actually keep track of time, so you're supposed to do something <laughs> non-specific. But, like, yeah. I did it, and then, like, I died, and... Battle Network is, like, you can save whenever, but there's no, like, autosave. Like, you always go back to the last place you saved. And I guess something of the way it's saved, like, just would not let me progress. Like, that time, that waiting for time event just wouldn't happen. Hmm. So I don't I don't really count that in terms of ranking. First of all, it's a completely different type of game. Also, I haven't really played it a bunch. But, um, yeah, so, and then the one Mega Man X, so... I don't remember if I had a point to that. Uh, we've got two-ish questions left. All right. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. So, question number four. I've been really enjoying the GC.net YouTube channel's recent regular uploading schedule. Just want to commend Nathaniel, question mark, on that. Nathaniel does the scheduling, but, you know, whoever records the videos and submits them is the one to thank for that. Right, it's like it's not like the reason any like there hasn't been a regular schedule is because Nathaniel like doesn't know how it's to calendar. sleep on the job. 
Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's based on video content, which yeah. When are we doing that? We need to do the uh the next episodes to um the Sims cool family game night. Oh. Well, yes, that too. Yeah, well, there has been a lot of like activity as of late, uh which is cool. So good mm-hmm. job everybody. All the staff were submitting videos. Um, so was that a question? I guess not. <laughs> there was a question mark in it. There was a question mark after Nathaniel. So if, so if we treat it as a question... <laughs> well, we answered yes, it's it was, not. Yeah. It was and it wasn't Nathaniel. So number five. How has your day been so far? Busy. Do you remember oh. when I opened up the podcast and I was like, I write this and this and this, and then something oh, yeah. for game cool? Yeah, it's what's happening right about now. I've got papers due. School year's coming to an end. So, fun times. I went to work and dealt with passive-aggressive warmongers, and then I came <laughs> home and I thought I'll get to sleep, and then Alex uh, <laughs> messaged me and said, Hey, we're we're casting our pods. Do you want to join? So I started a podcast, and it's one a.m. now. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like I I realized, you know, at like five, it's like ten for you. But then I don't realize that so much when it's like eight, <laughs> and it's like you know three hours later. Well, it's, it's what you get for having your Skype open. If you just you just hide your Skype and then no one can peer pressure you into podcasting. True, true. But then I'd miss out on the opportunity to podcast. That's true. It's been a while. Yes, if you avoid the podcast, you don't get to podcast. That's generally <laughs> how it works. That's how it works for people. Yes. And I, uh, I've been programming most of the day. I've been converting all of my C-sharp code into JavaScript, which... Is a ridiculously different language. It's like things are significantly different. There's a lot of changes I have to make. That was my day. Uh, so that that's all the questions. And on an unrelated note, I've been playing Apollo Justice recently. It's interesting just how the events coinciding with the guitar's serenade got through localization. The one time that we don't really have anyone. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, yay. I, I've recently been playing lots of Japanese games because that's all I play anymore. Do I play video games? I'm not sure. I feel like this comes into question a lot. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot, actually, about Ragnarok Online recently. Ah, uh, uh, good old act- times. See, okay, and that's the thing, is good old times. And I've been yeah. realizing, like, okay, even the most recent time that I've played was like four years ago, and I recently went and looked at it. Apparently there's like renewal servers on which there's like third transcendent classes and that you can basically solo any boss now. And I'm just sitting here looking at these videos and I'm like, is this a weirdly like cheap-hacked private server? Apparently this is what is literally the official servers these days, is that like you can get to level 99 in a day and... wow. You can, like, they boosted the, like, max stat that you can get from 99 to 120. And then, like, it's just so ridiculous. It just doesn't... uh, Power creep. It's power creep for you. It's so... I mean, granted that they are trying to keep a game relevant literally, like, 15 years after it came out. But then again, like, does RuneScape have these problems? I don't even know. I've never 
really played RuneScape, but it was around the same time that uh, Ragnarok Online came out. I think there's like a set of RuneScape servers that are like dedicated, I don't know if they're official or if they're like fan-made, but they're like RuneScape 2007. And like you can play like the 2007 online version of RuneScape. See, and I would definitely like, I would, I'm, I'm almost willing to say that I would pay money to play a Ragnarok Online beta server. Like to go back to 2002 or so and play the game that I used to play but only if the server like has bots on it like rampant bots that, <laughs> like there were so many stupid hacks like you didn't the bots they found a way to just directly query the server and say i want to attack this position ignoring the client and so the server's just like sure you can attack across the map like without having to be within the vicinity like that's all controlled by the client so sure like you can just stand in the middle of the map or just stand by the door, there's just like this crowd of bots next to the door who are both fighting things, and then you see them bend over and pick stuff up, which I'm guessing is across the map. Did you ever <laughs> see anything getting beat up by nothing? Yeah, like I would just be walking around, and then like there's nobody on the screen, but like firebolts come out of nowhere and kill like a thing that's next to me. There were a few maps. Um, there was one where like it had smokies, which are little like raccoon things, and they dropped the kitty band, which is like a rare hat. Everything was about hats. Yeah, I remember the hats. And so there would just be like this crowd of bots at the door that were just killing Smokies. And what a game, Ragnarok. And that's the thing is like, I can, like I was saying about sometimes I want to go back and I want to play an NES game. And I can do that with some NES games, you know, I can go back and I can play the exact same game, but I can never go back and play Ragnarok again. It's not the game that it was. But that is all for the emails. So is this all for the podcast? I think so. I think we're petering out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yes. probably. Okay, well, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and thank you everyone for being here. Uh, this was the Game Cola podcast, number 84. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, you can go to our actual internet website, gamecola.net. If you didn't watch this on YouTube... Uh, You can go check out our YouTube channel, see our other videos. We are gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Uh, Go search that on YouTube and watch some of our cool Let's Plays and stuff. Um, We are also on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter to get all the latest updates. Uh, Same thing with Facebook. You can search for Game Cola on Facebook. And we also have cool discussion topics where you can talk with us about whatever topic that I made up for that day was we're also at game cola on twitter just yes we're not like at gc.net or something like that yes we were quick enough on the draw to pick up that username um and then tumblr we're kind of on tumblr like i honestly haven't updated in a long time (laughs) you still follow maybe one day did you do the itunes one yet i haven't said itunes if you're listening on itunes and you liked it rate us highly if you're listening on iTunes and you didn't like this podcast, um, why are you, there's no iTunes podcast? What what are you talking about? We don't. There's not April even a Fools. star. There's not even a star rating on iTunes anymore. They got rid of it like they did on YouTube. You know, they used to have a star and they don't. Yeah, iTunes is the same way. Don't worry about it. You can you can either like it or just not do anything. Those are your definite only options. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, 
Thank you once again for listening to Game Cool Podcast number 84. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm gonna keep watching this Sonic the Hedgehog. Did you guys watch <laughs> the live it? Live action one. Yeah. 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 You're just watching it on like loop. Yeah, like it's six seconds long, but like I just can't get over this little guy. Like, look at his tiny feet. Look <laughs> at them run around. Like, why in real life did he decide? Okay, I'm gonna go along. No, I'm gonna get away from this thing. No, I'm gonna go back to it. You know, he's following the curb, and then suddenly he just like walks out of it, and then he goes back to the curb. I'm trying to find some like logic to it. Like I, to get the rings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get him go. <laughs> it's just like his tiny feet. He has the tiniest feet.